1: Having a, a commanding, authoritative voice is so important and valuable, but I also feel like for someone like me, that is how Theranos happened, where I'm just like, yeah, absolutely, I trust everything that you say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I love impressions of her. Oh, I think God. the funniest things ever.
1: Amanda Seyfried who, you know? It is absolutely an honor to have you here, Cassidy just said we needed more commanding tall people on this show for, <laughs> you know, being an audio medium, that's an energy that we do not bring to the space.
0: That's really yeah. important.
1: <laughs> I think that a lot of people would say over the almost six years, which ugh, um, the Into the Twilight is brings a lot of gay energy, which unfortunately does mean like short or average height. Um, And what we needed was a a globetrotter, tall filmmaker to the space. Uh, Cassidy, for anyone who has the audacity to not know who you are, could you tell everyone who you are and all of the various things that you do?
0: Sure. Thank you so much. I I do struggle to start because I have a lot of random things in my life that's going on. So my name is Cassidy Olson. I am based in Dublin. I've lived in Ireland for about two years, uh, but I am from New Jersey. Amazing. Shout out Jersey Shore.
1: Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Let's not talk about Crimes of the Future. Let's talk about Jersey Shore.
0: Let's just talk about the Jersey Shore. <laughs> so I won't even get into this fully, uh, but that's like where I'm from. Oh. Like I'm from Seas- I'm from Tom's River, which is where Seaside Heights is. And I, uh, it was on and when I was in high school uh, and it was like filming. Like we'd see oh them all God. the time. So big part of my life. <laughs> um But I am from the shore, uh, and then I am a member of the uh, Boston Film Critics Group, which might be like, why? You live in Dublin, and you're from New Jersey. Well, I'll tell you. I lived in Boston for six years, and I started kind of my film journalism criticism career in Boston. Uh, and i write for the boston globe on occasion and i write for dig boston and i just yeah i got a a part of the wonderful film scene in boston and they're very kind to let me still be a part of the group in this crazy world we live in uh now that i don't actually live in that country but i kind of got my start there and i contribute to those uh those publications and in the past honestly since the start of the whole pandemic i've honestly shifted actually into filmmaking so i have a short film uh, that I made The poster, folks. That's going to some festivals at Chef's the moment. Kiss. The poster's really good. Shout out Emma Burrs. Uh, Emma Burrs is a wonderful graphic designer. But yeah, so I'm a filmmaker. I I do some writing. I do some editing. Uh, I'm a big fan of the old the <laughs> movies, as they say. I used to do food journalism. I did a lot of food writing, which I do less of now. Um, but it's something that I, I really enjoy. And uh, apparently I also do Twilight podcasts. So Absolutely. This is this is and on and then of course under all of this I am a Twilight fan, right? So first and foremost, that's right. that's that's my whole mo.
1: What I'm hearing from you, Cassidy, is your big three here is and I want to get your opinion on this is a, a Dublin sun, a Boston moon, <laughs> and a Jersey Shore rising. And a Jersey Shore rising, is that rising. correct?
0: I think that that's I think that that's accurate. Um, and Damn. you know it's it's really funny because I. Uh, I'm obviously, I'm American and I'm walking around and I work at an Irish company and I'm, I'm, I'm friends with, with Irish people cause that's where I live. And, um, the, no one, everyone's like, oh, so you're from Boston. I say, no. Uh, and then I say from Jersey <laughs> and then no one, the first thing is the Sopranos and they just want to talk about the Sopranos or yes, they want correct. to talk about boston because a lot of them i think have been to boston but no one's like been to seaside heights so (laughs) we talk about the sopranos so yeah i think those are those are my like core identity pieces
1: i mean fuck if you just tell someone that as your big three they're gonna be like oh you are absolutely (laughs) gonna be the most commanding person (laughs) (laughs) how do you there's a lot of
0: Yeah, I think there's been some pretty derogatory things said about all of those places. Um, And I think (laughs) if you can beat me, people, yeah, it's a it's a funny. I think I've tried really hard to overcome some of them, but now I've just fully accept all of them. So sure. Yeah, yeah. that makes a lot of sense.
1: I would love to know as of this past week as of this past month life in general um is there a happy thing that's happened to you recently that you've been
0: enjoying a happy thing i mean yeah honestly i generally hate this is the month of august at the moment generally hate august i'm no offense sorry to the folks you know my Sunday of the year I, tends to give me a lot of anxiety, even though I'm not in school. So why do I care? <laughs> but honestly, I've had a really good August. Like I've been in a much, I've been feeling good. I think lately, uh, I, think, I think everyone can relate. I understand that we are dealing with like in just wild temperatures. Um, but at the yeah. moment, it is really, really warm in a way that I'm really enjoying in Dublin. Because Dublin and Ireland, generally, temperatures are never as high as what I'm used to. Um, sure. And it's it's a it's a rainy nation, kind of cloudy, and it's been absolutely beautiful. So I've really been enjoying going out and it doesn't get dark until like 10, 30, 11. So I've just had like a lovely time in the evenings, just like sitting, reading, going for a drink, hanging out with my friends, like just the, I know that's like the sun maybe isn't like the coolest answer, but <laughs> I've really been feeling good about the sun. And I know some people are like, Fuck off, like it's been horrible. But here it's good. (laughs) Here it's like it's been like seventy-five degrees to eighty degrees Fahrenheit. Maybe climate change isn't bad. Maybe it isn't bad. (laughs) So I'm benefiting, um, but I do think that if we push it past it, it will I understand it's it's bad for the world, but I've been enjoying the sun. (laughs) Great. What have you been enjoying recently?
1: I have been very deep in the paint of Love Island recently. Oh boy. Um and I last year I maybe it was two years ago I tried and failed to watch the Love Island US, um that the one that was like in Vegas the one on the uh, rooftop
0: in Vegas yeah. yes
1: exactly yeah. and I was like you know what I don't I don't think the show is for me I don't understand <laughs> it was that your first Love
0: Island experience ever yeah wow okay yeah and sorry I was like, just I to don't... preface I am in a Love Island uh expert so i oh. would love to hear what you have to say about love island good good i deeply invest in love island
1: i was trying to understand your culture a little bit Thank um, you. <laughs> i have been in watching the most recent uk ver- uh season i did not realize and i've just been putting it on as background like i don't give a fuck and then i have been unfortunately like now invested in these people um i didn't realize That Love Island only gets interesting after like 30 episodes (laughs) Um, when they do something called, and I will say, I will try to say this the way they say it, Casa Amor. (laughs) Um, I didn't realize that you had to get a fucking 30 episode. Yeah. Like you had to get it that far invested in anyways. uh, So I will keep you updated as I go through. Where, um. Where
0: are you in this season? If I may ask. I think I paused before this
1: on like episode 38 and I so finally you just got out
0: of Casa Amor. Uh,
1: they are all, <laughs> they are all, um, not doing well, <laughs> but I can say, so that's, yeah. um, yeah. I can say I do now know the difference between Gemma and Paige. And that took me a really <laughs> long time. The brown haired
0: girls. Yeah.
1: Um, because I couldn't tell Gemma and Paige and fucking Andrew and Luca apart I was like you are the same person. They're just
0: changing your name for fun. <laughs> I Casa Moore is a really funny tweet for a friend of mine today that's doing so well. That said, uh, in Brooklyn, like the movie Brooklyn with Sushi Ronan based on the uh, Colm, the Tom Cobian novel that um yes. when she goes back to a when she goes back to Ireland from America, that's like her doing her Casa More. Oh my god. And she's like maybe maybe there is something better for me out there. Maybe maybe and then it's like putting her to the test. And then she like returns after like the Casamore. Casamore is like the, the it's like the hero's journey for all of us. Oh my god. Um, yeah. It's... Yeah. I will not give anything away about this series, this this season, um, but it is it is like it's kind of a national pastime over here. Like obviously it's in, based in the UK, but then Ireland. Ireland funny enough like we all watch, but you're not allowed to vote in the Republic. Um, Damn! So you have to watch it, and then they're like, not ROI. And I'm like, okay. So you have to watch. But um, yeah, this season was, I was every, I was 9pm every night. I was there. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what you think at the end.
1: It is wild how much there is. Every, and what <laughs> yeah. I imagine was like every yeah. week, it's like, yeah. we're gonna put out two episodes and then there's the unseen bits and then there's the weekly recap and it's like and there's
0: after sun which is like the whole thing is like after yeah
1: i i will say i i do skip the after sun no after sun is not
0: critical oh okay um
1: because the unseen bits i do think are funny um but wow i uh i i'm watching it more as a like the way that i would approach uh a documentary like I I need not the um like Sterling motherfucker I need like David Attenborough to voice (laughs) this because I'm I'm watching it almost from like an anthropomorphic (laughs) like anthropological perspective of like is this what the youth are doing and I say youth but they're like four maybe two years younger than me right um because wow they don't communicate at all. <laughs> and that's They're, shocking. Yeah.
0: They're emotionally repressed. Yeah. I um I went been as been Love fun. Island for Halloween once with my friends. Like I've really I got really into it in twenty nineteen, so I've been in it into it sure. since then. But um yeah, no, it's it is a it's a study in, in people.
1: That I can definitely agree with. <laughs> it's been a journey. Um, but I do I think I'm starting to understand it now. I just didn't realize that I needed to invest like 30 hours before I was like, Oh, they swap. There's a, there's a wife swap. There's a wife swap. Here? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I was not aware. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's brought me a lot of joy and I will, I will keep folks updated on there. Um, Please I do. have been waiting on bated breath Casty, to hear <laughs> your twilight backstory. And I would love, I would love <laughs> you to unhinge your jaw and just tell us Thank everything. Thank you. I,
0: I literally am so ready to do so. So I will preface this by saying that my, I feel like I have like kind of a poor memory, but I did try to like do my best to kind of like recall and like make this make sense. So. Give us the red string. I, just from the beginning, I got into Twilight when I was 11. feel like that's a very normal <laughs> thing probably. Um, yes. across the board, I got into it when I was 11 years old. So that was what, 2000, I got into it in like early 2008. So it was, it was right, uh, before Breaking Dawn, the book came out. And then obviously before the Twilight film came out also in 2008. Okay. So I don't know how I first got into it. I'm sure I was, I was, I've been very onlo- <laughs> I've been very online from a young age, which haven't we all explains a lot. Right. <laughs> um, et yeah. why I have the job I have, why I'm the person I am. But I was online very young, and I think I guess I guess I just picked. It up, I mean, obviously it was wildly popular. The books were so so popular, and I picked it up after I guess um, Eclipse had come out, and was like just rabid, read through them, and then I got really involved in the various. <laughs> I guess it was like I think it was Live Journal, and then it was just like a few other yes. blogs. So I was on specifically hisgoldeneyes.com, uh, which oh. <laughs> was a big part of my life. And then I was talking to a friend recently, trying to trying to remember this through other people who were in my life at that time. Because I'm kind of, I have a poor memory. And she's like, didn't you have a tote bag? And I was like, I had a tote bag? I was like, yeah, I had a, I had a, and, a and the lion fell in love with the lamb tote bag from hisgoldeneyes.com um, that I would carry around. As an 11-year-old, turning 12-year-old. And I remember for my 12th birthday, which I guess was, yeah, this is all, like, 6th grade, like, middle school. uh, Or my 12th birthday, my friend got me Eclipse. So I suppose I, like, had read the first two and maybe hadn't read that one by June of 2008. And then I read Eclipse. So I was really, like, really, really big fan of the books. Um, And then I remember the... uh, I was really excited for the film and I got really into like the set photos. I was really into like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart as people by the time, like they were cast. Like I was like, okay, I'm here. Like, Oh, this is my focus. Okay. And I kind of shifted. I obviously like liked like the books was involved with that, but I was like, so, so excited for the movie. And I became just deeply invested in like the, the set photos I was a major, like, standing them, or, like, like shipping them together, being like, Oh my god, like, they should date, they're dating, about, about Rob and, and Kristen. Um, I specifically dredged up from my memory that I made a, <laughs> like, a slideshow, like, YouTube, like, literally, like, a shitty slideshow YouTube video set to <sighs> Kingdom Come by Coldplay. That was set photos of the two of them. So it was just oh Rob, Robert Fenton, and Kristen Stewart like in the tr- like at school in the tree, and this was before the movie came out. I was really invested. Damn. I don't know where that is, and I don't know if it's still on YouTube. And I sh- maybe shouldn't have. I should have looked that up before I said it, but we'll find out. So I was really invested there. Also, stop me if I'm talking too much. And then we get into no, I'm in trance entranced. So I was super. And then okay, just as like a backup, I was Team Edward. I was um. I don't know, like, my focus was, like, I remember, like, I really liked Alice, like, I, you know, everyone obviously loves Alice, I was just very kind of invested in in it from, like, a very normal narrative thing, but then I just got, like, really online, and then I was, like, really excited for the movie, and then, you know, so that's the, I I turned 12 (laughs) that summer, and then the book came out in August, Breaking Dawn came out in August, and I was there at midnight, I was at the Barnes & Noble in Brick Township, New Jersey, um with my friend or whatever and i got the book and i read it and i think mid breaking dawn is where i started to kind of realize that i didn't like twilight that much or like obviously now i have such a deep appreciation but uh during breaking dawn i was like oh this is kind of conservative like like i think i was just like my like political consciousness was like just being formed and i was just being like um as I was reading it, and obviously, like, you know, it's Breaking Dawn. It's a, it's an eventful novel, which I just looked up, was named Children's Book of the Year by the British Book Awards. And I'm like... Absolutely not. What world is that, a children's book? But anyway, and I, I think... I think also my mom read it or something, and I think I remember having conversations with her about it. And it was, like, it was kind of that thing where, like, if your mom says something or, like, your parents says something... Then you're like, I disagree with that. So I remember saying something and me being like, actually, no, it's not good. And then I like, was like book club, like going through it as I was reading Breaking Dawn. So that I had that like consciousness change, like through Breaking Dawn. And then by the time the movie came out, November of that year, I was like, didn't care. Which was so funny because I was wow. so excited. I, I saw it. I did see it in theaters, but I was no longer like. I was like, Oh, I'm past this. Cause I was trying, I was very, I've always been like when I was a kid, I was like, Oh, I'm too cool for this. Like I was like, Oh, I'm past this now. So I like saw it. And then I just was like, it's kind of sad. I mean, I did, I do remember seeing it, but I, I just didn't get invested. And then I didn't see any of the other movies until literally 2020, 2020 I think, because I just was like, <sighs> I'm an adult now, <laughs> wish I wasn't, but I was very like, Oh, you know? And then of course, like in that kind of re evaluation Uh, and the renaissance of twilight i've always maintained like to be fair that the first movie i've like it's a good it's a great movie and like obviously it's a classic and i and i do love it now um but so that 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 initial thing was like i was really i was really intensely a fan but you know things change a lot when you're that age i think and you kind of go through periods very very quickly and i just kind of fell out of it but i was deeply invested and then i kind of became reinvested as an adult i would say
1: Wow. Yeah. What a journey to go on.
0: <laughs> what a lot of ups and downs.
1: Especially because I feel like a lot of folks, when Twilight was first becoming incredibly popular, which was around 2008, mm-hmm. if they hadn't already known about the books, a lot of people fell into several, I would say like two or three camps, which is like they knew about it already and they were incredibly excited about the movie, mm-hmm. then they were converted by their fam- their friends at the time, and they became, like, really into it. Or there were quite a few folks at the time who were, like, vampires? No, I'm Harry Potter all the way. Right, like, right, right, they were right. very much like, I'm not that kind of girl. And so it's interesting that you were like, I'm into this, I'm going to hyper-focus on it mm-hmm. for a while, and then actually were like, wait a second, I
0: was like, oh. what was that? <laughs> I just, to be fair, like, I still, you know, I think it was more just the, it was the, it was, like, the political and, like, kind of, like, religious implication. I just was, I was, like, immediately, like, oh, I don't know if I feel this. And then, you know, I'm, you've discussed this before, and just the kind of context around Bella's so character and stuff everything, and, like, just, like, sexual relationships for young people and just things like that, where I was, like, again, I was 12. It wasn't exactly, like a great thinker, but I was just starting to think about those things. in a way where I was like, maybe this isn't the most, like, to me in that time, I was like, this isn't maybe the most feminist thing for me. Um, And then I I got older. I was like, okay, but it's like so important. (laughs) And also now I like, I had a ball with the movies. And I think it's really funny because I did, I did separate myself from them and then I got back to them and I was like, oh, these are, you know, I'm having so much fun uh, with them. Uh, but I just didn't, I didn't have that. But yeah, I was a huge, I was a massive Harry Potter kid. You know, I was, God, I got into really into like Star, Star Trek, like in twenty two thousand nine. 2009. Actually, Star Trek was actually just after the Twilight. So anyway, just was going rapid fire, like fandom stuff when I was a kid. So that was my, You really got to dabble. Yeah, exactly.
1: I am glad that you were able to enjoy the Renaissance- in Absolutely. a way of being able to appreciate the movies, but also understand that they are... And that the text itself is all a problem.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, like, that's the... That's the that's the joy. But I think that's also something that I think, at least I found... I was, you know, as you get older, as you you know develop your adult consciousness, you can be like, okay, yeah, like, this thing, I can... It can be important to me, and it can be kind of terrible at the same time. Or, like, it can be, like, full of problems, and also like something that you care about and that's that's the joy of you know analysis and caring about stuff like this but it was just uh it was something that I'm I got back into and then of course the through line you know is the I was so invested in Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart and then my kind of life direction took me into like caring a lot about about movies and both of them had such have had such great careers since then and then that has developed so you kind of always I'm always, like, tied to it through through them, and I think that's how so many of us experience that, which is why we're here today, talking about what we're about to talk about. It's true.
1: Yeah. I think that being able to know that the connection that you have had to them, that we are recording today on the anniversary <laughs> of these two characters' wedding, um, has yeah. led to this discussion about crimes of the future, I think is uh, a very interesting path. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to when you were 11 years old and your interest in Twilight was just downloaded into your brain. Yes. Which is <laughs> as, it, as it was for so many folks. I would love to know if you, if you could describe your initial thoughts prior to watching this movie and then your initial thoughts immediately after watching this movie. I
0: am, yeah, no I will preface this by saying that it's really interesting because I am a Cronenberg fan, but I am deeply squeamish as a person, Mm. and I actually don't have as much of a relationship to, I'd say to like a large chunk of horror, like it's honestly like a I think a blind spot in my kind of criticism film life because I have been squeamish my whole life, and it hasn't really gone away I've improved, like I don't get as uh. I can handle deeply scary things now, but I still become, (laughs) I will become, like, lightheaded if I, like, deal with, uh, like, I could never be, you can never be a surgeon. Most of us couldn't be surgeons for different reasons, but I couldn't be a surgeon. (laughs) I'm not good with with those kind of things. So, in general, I'm actually, historically, like, a later Cronenberg fan, which is an easier thing to say. I know it's, like, all more accessible, and, like, generally, it's, like, not necessarily, but I'm, like, a... I would say more of like a history of violence crash Cronenberg person. Um, crash is still intense, but it's like bloodless or whatever. So that's why it's, you know, so I went into this, I was terrified. <laughs> I was like, how will I deal with this? Um, I need to see it because I am an adult person who, you know, cares about movies and I uh, was lucky enough to see it at Cannes. Uh, and it was at Cannes uh, and I was like, I gotta go, gotta go see the Cronenberg, but I was terrified that i wouldn't be able to manage it and i can get into my actual experience of watching it because it's kind of funny but i came out like <laughs> slightly proud of myself for getting through it but also i i will say my initial reaction i think wasn't as strong but then i have warmed to it significantly since i've seen it mm. well, first in may so i think that i actually feel more better about it now I will quickly just mention, so the reason I, I when I first saw it, it was in Cannes, and it was at a, at a, one of the theaters that you have to take a bus to get to, because I, I wasn't there when it actually came out, I was there for like the last few days, and okay. I uh, woke up the next morning, and I was, I was I had gone out the night before with friends, and I was, I felt really hungover, I felt really bad, I felt very nauseous, and it's like hot, and it's like May, and I'm like, okay, well, I gotta get up really early to go see David Cronenberg's new scary movie while feeling like this. And I took the bus became, I was very nauseous on the bus on the way there. I was like, this is a good start. And I was running late as well. I was like with some friends and then I got there and then the theater itself, like the cinema was like, not cold. It was like kind of hot. And I was like, "Mm, no, this is even better. And then we sat settled in to this big sort of like, like lukewarm room. And it was like 9am or something. Um, and then i sat down and i i made it but i will say for the first like half hour 40 minutes i was actively fighting my own body to not be sick and like watching this movie uh listening to vigo mortensen like gag for <laughs> just an endless period of time made it really difficult to focus and enjoy i did leave the theater midway for about 10 minutes to just like put my head between my legs And then I said, no, you can do it. And I went back and I finished the film. So that was the context in which I saw it, which I wouldn't recommend um, to anyone who hasn't seen the movie.
1: I feel like having a lukewarm or anything that isn't a cold movie theater is a crime.
0: Yeah. I saw High Life uh, in a warm
1: movie theater. (laughs) And I could not. It was impossible for me to... I was having a similar experience as you. Where I was nauseous the whole time. Yeah. And that movie... Listen, that movie is already pretty fucked up as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I go to a cinema. I mean, that was like a long time ago, right? That was like when I felt comfortable in a movie theater. Um, but I go to a, a movie theater to feel cold. That's how I prefer <laughs> to, to watch cold. a movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it was warm and I was having to watch Robert Pattinson in a... Closed, claustrophobic environment. I was like, I need to get the fuck out of this place. Like, I am. <laughs> I need to. Exactly. I'm about to yeah. punch someone. Yeah. Um. I hate this.
0: Yeah. So, so I, that. I, I kind of think actually being in a terrible environment that made me nauseous was like probably right for the movie. I will say <laughs>
1: that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I will say, like, the only thing I've seen him direct is fucking M Butterfly. Like, oh, I <laughs> like I'm an English major. I don't know what to tell you. Um. <laughs> Like, <laughs> so I went into this. I'd seen the trailer. I knew it was going to be a goosh fest, and I was like, "All right, I'm like, I'm going into this to watch Kristen Stewart." Yeah. I left my impression immediately after watching it. Well, my impression about five minutes into this, I texted Cody and was like, "I'm too fucking sober for this, and I don't, <laughs> I, I don't drink or do drugs, so I don't know so how that's... I'm gonna get through this." <laughs> but my impression immediately after watching this was. This was way more of a disability film than I was fucking expecting this to be. <laughs> yeah. That's absolutely not what I got from the trailer. And the whole thing was about, like, here are all these accommodations and talking about pain. And I will say, David Cronenberg, you kind of romanticize pain a little bit too much, but you're an artist or whatever the fuck, so <laughs> I get it, I guess. Uh, Yeah. I think the most... Off, I mean, there were several things that were incredibly off-putting about this movie. One of them, I will say, Caprice using a wooden spoon to eat bacon. <laughs> I think that'll haunt me forever. <laughs> what the actual fuck All is All of that? the we're eating living?
0: scenes I cannot revisit. <sighs> Which is, They're, I know the point, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, the fact that it starts off with Brecken eating a trash can, I was like, I'm...
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> like Your note, like, is he eating uh, the trash can? And you're like, yeah he Uh,
1: actually is eating the plastic
0: yeah also the like the big like the big uh like twist i suppose uh of the film being microplastics is just really you're like whoa somebody is reading the news which of course that isn't that isn't the whole point but it's like yeah man there is plastic in our food (laughs) like what are we doing about that it feels very contemporary in a way that's very funny and it feels to me another reason i think it's unsettling is that like like, almost like, it feels like a stage show. Like, a lot of it feels very, like, you're, like, in that room, and it's kind of, like, everything's kind of flat. Like, it's not very, cinem- it's not very cinematic, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a very kind of, like, flat space sometimes. And it feels kind of, like... And also, the the, you know, the score is kind of overbearing and funny as well. But we're, like... We're just watching these... We're just fully also watching animatronic, like, real-life prop work, which is refreshing, but kind of, like, very odd feeling sometimes. The
1: idea of the, the plastics was interesting to me especially with the way one of the the way that what the fuck was Brecken's dad's name but the way that that uh his like posse lang thank you the way that his like posse is solving for that of like we're gonna eat essentially like plastic snickers all the time (laughs) menacingly Uh, yeah and because of the fact that these are, we can eat them and, like, we can digest them, but you can't. And I found that very wild and very, I don't know, when I was watching it, it just felt like David was looking at me while I was watching it and, like, do you get it? Do you get it? <laughs> do you get the point? Do you get the point that, like, fucking uh, Saul is making all of these, organs and he's in so much chronic pain all the time and he hasn't thought like what if i consider another option it was just like do you get it yet do you understand
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's
1: like okay i get it i get it the idea though that they there is a national organ one the fact that the this society doesn't experience pain i find absurd Um, Like, it doesn't surprise me, right? It's like, it's just weird that they would go like, oh, we don't experience pain. So the natural logical step to that is like, we don't have infection. So we don't need to wash our hands is very interesting. But also then that they that people like Caprice and even Timlin, too, would be like, we're going to look at Saul, who's very Mm -hmm. obviously like dying um, and be like, we're going to romanticize you because we don't know what that feels like. So tell us everything about it. And we're not interested in you. We're just interested in like, not, ha- you have something we don't.
0: I think we should just definitely discuss like that, the registry. I mean, we're, you know, Kristen Stewart, obviously bringing us here. It's so, it's funny how much of the movie is spent on like, it's like, this is bureaucracy. Like, it's just like, we're in like a brown room and they're like, Oh, there's files to be done, and I know that's like the that's it's making fun of. I mean, it's it's very literally like poking fun at that, and also you know saying you know these people are being ridiculous, and they are making you know they're trying to like contain biology, but also that they are trying to. Uh, I mean, they're manipulative, and you know they're 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 the government, but also the kind of. I think they are they are romanticizing pain, and he's like, no, this sucks. Like this is not good. You do not want this, <laughs> and they're like, oh, but you know. And yet, yeah, Timlin, man, Timlin, um, I, how how do you both feel about 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 that performance? Because I've heard I've heard I've heard a lot of things both ways.
1: Her K- Kristen's <laughs> voice in this is, uh, I feel like she went so hard <laughs> in this. For what I didn't realize was just going to be, like, maybe 30 minutes max screen time.
0: True. Yeah.
1: She's going so hard in the paint. The fact that her voice (laughs) rarely registers above a whisper the entire time. And that she does... uh, One, there's a point where she does her, like uh (laughs) what i consider the the case do signature like eyebrow raise which i was like oh there it is but i also thought it was really interesting that she chose timlin to be almost like constantly uh like with tears in her eyes and i was like yo okay i want to know all of the like study that you did for
0: this character tell me everything please yeah like what led you to this place all of her tics, and I know this has been discussed, but, like, all of her tics are things that people, like, acting coaches and people who, are like, teach acting are like, don't do that. Like, don't use your hands. Like, you know, don't touch your hair a lot. Like, you look self-conscious. It looks like you're not acting. But, obviously, she, you know, it's very intentional. And it comes from, and that, those are her signature things. But you're right. Her hands are really, really special. And I think especially
1: for the characters that she has selected throughout her career it makes a lot of sense. And in this character too, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. What I did not expect was that Timlin's character was going to be like, have this awakening that (laughs) fucking Saul and Caprice's performance was sex and be like, okay, I thought I was, like, down to clown, that I love organs, I'm, like, in it for the science bit, but actually, um, I'm also very
0: horny. Actually, I'm just horny, yeah. <laughs> and then she becomes, and like, I... this massively, like, active, like, like very almost, you know, she's, she's pursuing him, she's pursuing this, she's yeah. like, let me in. I also thought that
1: scene because there's two like really intimate scenes. There's that one right after the first performance where she's like, wait a damn minute, this is sex. <laughs> um, and then the one in the office and the one in the office I found really interesting because it shows that Timlin's character isn't just like a horny super fan, but also is isn't really just interested in Saul but is more so interested in, like, Saul's body. And not Mm -hmm. in a, like, not in the way that we would consider now, which is, like, I just want your dick. But, like, I want your organs. (laughs) Like, when she opens his mouth, it was so creepy. Yeah.
0: That was, she was really good in that. I found it very, like, to me, I thought it was, like, she's very, like, objectifying, and that's kind of part of the thing, is that they're just, like, using his body, and, like, you know, humanhood doesn't really exists there but yeah she's really good then
1: it was wild yeah i was very interested in that in that character and also weirdly interested in saul's whole thing of like i'm gonna be a double agent i'm gonna be this person who seemingly is like the only person who is like cloaked in this city and I'm gonna try to like be subtle and work <laughs> yeah, both sides right, of the government.
0: Right. We know who you are, sir. So we, can, we can see you. You can barely move. Like, yeah, we can. You're a tall man. Like, <laughs> you're coughing everywhere. Like, <laughs> right. You were like gagging. Yeah. Wild. Um, I will say that my, I think favorite thing. I guess it's very conventional, but like my favorite thing, in the movie was really, like, the Saul-Caprice, like, relationship. And, like, I just found it very nice. And, like, they, like, just that kind of, like, it is obviously romantic and it is obviously sexual, but it's just that kind of, like, they are partners. And also that they, like, really just support each other. And then also, I just am such a Leia Saidu fan. And I think that she was just, I mean, I just, giving a completely different performance, intentionally, obviously so, to most other people in the movie, or, like, definitely different than what Kristen Stewart's doing. But I just loved her in this and I just thought she was so good. I know that famously like, you know, her face is like everywhere and she's like always crying and she always gets to do all these big parts, but I think she's great in it.
1: She did a really good job in this. I don't know that I've seen her in anything before and I couldn't keep my eyes off of her. She's very captivating. Seeing the, the way that technology was portrayed, especially from the the lens of how it's supposed to be accessible, seeing what um i think that there was a specific name for it the orchid bed it like super grossed me out when i first saw it because i was like what the actual fuck is that (laughs) um but seeing that it knowing what the technology was and how it was supposed to anticipate solves pain beforehand i was like sign me up i don't care how much that is i need it right now (laughs) yeah and then the the breakfaster is something that kind of exists now but seeing the the skeleton that it's made out of was super interesting, and the way that it like shook to help with digestion was like I know that there were so many people that were consulted with that to make it actually work. I was like, that's super cool. Um, the sarc absolutely creeped me out. Uh. The autopsy machine, but in a way that. It, I was like, this is work. Like, it is doing its intended purpose because you're not supposed to be alive when you're in this thing. But, wow. Um, I, yeah, all of the, like, I, there was a specific organization that all of those things came from because we saw the, like, two hench women oh, yeah. uh, going around and, like, killing people. But all of those were very interesting to see. And... I I don't know that I've ever thought about what that technology would look like in a place that doesn't really have like cars or planes and the ships are got but they're still advanced. Very interesting and well thought out.
0: Yeah, it's cool to also just see like even if like yeah, I think that that's all so interesting and also just from like a no one gets to do this in movies anymore and it's just really exciting to be like someone had some ideas. And they actually got to realize them with like a with with yeah. te- with like with a bunch of like really smart production designers and designers and like set builders and people who actually do this work, and you get to see all this cool stuff. And that of, that of course is like that's very quintessential like early Cronenberg and obviously like the horror and a lot of the work in the seventies and eighties. So it's just really nice to see, even if I'm like I'm scared <laughs> or this is like don't fully know where this is going. But yeah, it's also just the that that is such a clear like aesthetic choice and then also just it's just yeah just it's very fun to see something original and that that is that that original as well
1: yeah i hope that someday those uh pieces of tech go into one of the like film museums because mm-hmm. yeah. it'd be cool to see for scale what those actually look like i would like to i would like to sit in the breakfaster please <laughs> i would like to know feed me i would like to know <laughs> what that is like yeah totally um, and also just see like I don't know. I, I Personally, it was nice to know um, uh, Vigo Mortensen portrayal in a film that isn't fucking Green Book, so thank you, David Cronenberg, <laughs> for...
0: Yeah, no, he's, uh, Viggo's, Viggo's come back. Not that he was ever really gone, but, you know, he's doing movies again. On the David Cronenberg's wiki, I didn't know this, but they have David Cronenberg, other names, the Baron of Blood, or the King of ah. Venereal Horror... And I'm sure I'm just, I'm just walking around calling David Cronenberg the Baron of Blood. It should make me laugh.
1: Does he, Sometime. like, put that on his Taco Bell orders? Right. Like, like, sorry, sorry, we have <laughs> the... That should be our we're new sh- merch. Like... Yeah, that'd be pretty
0: good. I wonder if he has that trademarked, because that would be very good. I don't think he has that trademarked. I would really, I would be, I would be very surprised if David Cronenberg <laughs> trademarked anything in his own name.
1: The movie that we're reviewing after this, so next week when this mm-hmm. episode is coming out, um, I'm unfortunately being <laughs> required to. And I thought I was going to get through and never have to watch this, but we are unfortunately watching and
0: reviewing on the podcast uh, Morbius. So, oh, you know what? I haven't. It's Mormon. It's Mormon time. Um, I haven't no. seen it. I
1: haven't seen it. I'm so excited for you to watch it, so you can listen along. <laughs> God. We have some amazing patrons to thank. Cody, would you like to start us off? Absolutely. Thank you to Katie Black. Ooh. Thank you to Kylie Menti. Ow. Thank you to Alex Dornan. Ooh. Thank you to Carrie Goldberg. Ooh. Thank you to Rebecca Cullen. Ooh. Thank you to Jasmine Anastasia, ooh, ooh, thank you to Megan Pattinson, ooh, thank you to Cassandra O'Shea, O'Shea, <laughs> thank you to Clara Belikov, ooh, thank you to Katia ow. ow, thank you to Hannah Dragomir, ooh, thank you to Hope Castile, burr, 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 burr. Thank you to Rachel Ashford. Oh. Thank you to Emerson Kurova. Thank you to Maddie Facinelli. Hell yeah. Thank you to Samara Rinaldi. Ow. Ow, ow. Thank you to Genevieve Morgan. Oh. Thank you to Tess Avery. Ooh, ooh. Thank you to Danielle Burke. Thank you to my mom, your mom, our mom, Kelly Beck, Mom. Thank you to Sophia Salinger. Oh, thank you to Laura Forty. Ooh, thank you to Dan Zachlos. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Maria Swan. Ooh, thank you to India Peach. Ooh, thank you to Emily Ozera. Mm-hmm. And last, but certainly not least, thank you to Jaylene Ivishkov. Oh, snap. So I'm very excited, Cassie, to hear what fanfiction that you brought to the space today.
0: Uh, thank, thank you so much. Um, so in the, in the spirit of the show, um, I thought I would see if there was any, um, any popular or new or just in general any fanfic uh, out there about Crimes of the Future um because i feel oh. like it just invented this this universe right like it's a very rich universe to explore there's only so much time in that world so i went and i will be reading uh the very end of lavender running through my blood by none other but then sons of gondor uh oh. which is a uh fanfic about uh crime's future and the summary is uh Saul performs some research with the sark okay. and i will go ahead um This is the again the end, so it's just kind of something. Honestly, that was that was very nice, but it's about you know it's it's a period of him working with the Sark, which we just discussed was a bit was a bit scary. <clears throat> when he gazes down at his unmoving form, though unfocused and unsteady from this vantage point, the bloody mess of his body mesmerizes him. He did this. Nobody but him and the Sark merging together to create a canvas out of his flesh. All the wonderful sensations of extraction and none of the fanfare none of the emptiness afterwards either he runs a shaky sticky hand over his abdomen for once not needing to know what his insides are manifesting they're creating art within him the same as he's just done on his own body it's the first time he's truly felt a kinship with these creations as if they're a part of him and not just parasites they're more than infections welled up taking over from the inside out he imagines these organs tries to visualize what they look like inside Some meandering, porous forms, pressing up against his physiology, doing whatever they please, taking root, finding their place within him, making room where there is none, doing what they see fit. It's with these thoughts that Saul finds himself at peace, and when he exhales, he barely registers that all traces of discomfort have subsided, only enough to be grateful for it. A dreamless, painless sleep settles over him, and he finds himself wholly at harmony with machine, with mankind, and with himself. The end. Wow. It's a nice piece of writing. Thank you, Sons of Gondor. I like it. <laughs> we I know like why that. you saw this movie, but I'm glad that you got something out of it.
1: Cassie, where online can folks go to
0: support your work? Um, thank you for asking. I am wholly too much on Twitter, at, at Olsen Cassidy. <laughs> um, my work being tweets there, so feel free to <laughs> follow me there. Um, I post some of my some of my photography, and some of uh, some of my you know, film posters, things that are upcoming and any general news in regards to my filmmaking on my Instagram, which is at casketyolson, like casket. <laughs> and nice. Great. That's about it. I always say don't go to my website. It's not that interesting. Um, and if I'm ever writing something, you'll see it on Twitter. Uh, so those places. And as I've already shouted out, go ahead and follow... And Burr's Letters, who designed some great posters and uh, made the poster that you guys comp- kindly complimented earlier on. And that's it.
1: Amazing. We will definitely need to have you back so we can finally talk about Jersey Shore. Please.
0: That that, we'll figure out a way to make that relevant.
1: Uh, Cody so kindly gave me a Jersey Shore and Twilight shirt. What? Um, <laughs> that I often wear... Um, around my home and it is incredibly important to me. So for anyone saying Jersey shore is not Twilight related. I, uh, I ask you to think broader and use your critical thinking skills. So we're so happy to have had you here. Thank you so much for taking the time when you are in the future uh, and it is not yes. afternoon uh, where you are. Um, so thanks so much for having yourself. me. Welcome back. Yeah. Thank you. And for our usual folks, um, enjoy the rest of the movies that you are getting throughout this time. And as we say here in the Pacific Northwest, get bit and get whipped. Ooh.